Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, we have been having a very exciting conversation today, talking about life as an adventure and don't get stuck. Well, I think I know where this is going to go from our story time we've just been having. And um, yeah, and I like this topic of getting stuck um, because I think, not that I like to be stuck, um, but I think it's so, so relevant because we find ourselves in situations where I'm not going anywhere right now and there's nothing I can do about it. Sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. But anyway, I know there's a story coming up. So I want to I want to have everyone else hear the story time. But before we get into our story time, I want to remind everyone that you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at GirlfriendIt.com. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, Well, talking about getting stuck, Lisa, I just, um, I know I I had to share the story with you because you're one of the (laughs) the first people that I called. Because sometimes, like you said, when you get stuck, uh, you... You can't tell anyone about it. You might even go into a hole, you know, just mentally and try to just kind of hoard on to those thoughts of, of getting stuck. And in, in this situation, on many of our, our traveling adventures and airports and airplanes, we, we've had some crazy things happen to us. And this, this last one that took place, I was literally on a smaller aircraft flying into Washington, and I'm sitting there in row 11 where you're looking right out at the propeller, and the propeller got stuck. But what happened is, as I was- so Wait, wait, I got to ask you, did you actually see the propeller stop? I mean, so, I mean, you, you were aware when it stopped, like I, I was sitting there with my seatmate and all of a sudden I heard this, ah, 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 like the loudest sound. That was good. That was good, by the way. Yeah. I was just like this grinding and all of a sudden the plane, you know how it does that vibration thing where it's like, so your heart sinks and you know, and you're looking out the window going, this is right there. I'm looking out the window and, and believe it or not, I I laugh because when that kind of stuff happened, when I was with you, you would get giddy and excited during turbulence and everything. I love the turbulence because it broke up the monotonous of just the smooth flying until I was in a very turbulent situation. And now I don't like it anymore. Now you don't like it. Yes. No. And so like the more, you know, the more knowledge you have, the Mm -hmm. worse it be, I think at times or yeah. or the it can be at the best scenario because you do have the knowledge but I I looked out yes and I saw this propeller as it's grinding it's slowing down and it's getting mm. slower and slower and slower and then finally it just stops mm. and that's uh, not a good sign when you're like 30,000 feet in the air it, it is not and and my seatmate says that he's like oh my and he he said a few things and then you see other passengers kind of looking around and I looked over at the other wing and the propeller is still going. So that, that was a good sign. That's a good. And I thought, okay, did we hit a bird is, you know, because of knowing things from the airline industry, uh, working, you know, for 13 years, I thought, okay, if, if it was a bird, it's one thing, but if that stopped because there's a fire, then knowing that an airplane burns in 90 seconds, you go, Okay, this is not good if there's smoke coming out of there. Well, then the next thing you know, I start hearing the bells. That I know what the bells mean. <laughs> you know what the bells mean. And then sure enough, we hear the flight attendant getting on the PA and saying that we were in a situation and that we now, were Now, was going- she very calm? Her voice was quivering. She was in her early 20s, so it was obviously probably her very first, which... 
out of all the years I flew, I never had to make that announcement on the PA. So I feel for her. And she said, we were going to prepare the cabin for an emergency landing and to pull out your cards to start looking at the brace position for the things that you never paid attention to before. You might want to do a crash test. Yes. Once pulling out their safety card and attention. Yeah. it, it was just so interesting um, to truly, you know, the emotions that you go through, what you start thinking. Uh, the gal next to me sitting across from me in the aisle just started sobbing. And I, you know, put my arm over across from her and just touched her, her shoulder. And the woman in front of her grabbed the sick bag and started hyperventilating into her bag. Mm-hmm. So there was a little bit of chaos going on. And the the flight attendant did not go into that leadership role. I think she just did not know what to do. And she was preparing the people sitting next to the exits on what mm-hmm. to do, how to open up the slides. She was, she had her, you know, both of the flight attendants had their hands full, but uh, it, it was just interesting and talking about being stuck and can you really control those emotions when you're in that situation, when mentally things happen and come your way where what do you do? You know, how do you act in a crazy situation? How do you act when, when you get that phone call? How do you act when, you know, you find out your, your husband's leaving you or something's happened to your child? All those things that we don't know until we're in that situation, but we can be prepared for those situations, just like they were preparing us for an emergency situation. And, I was so excited about our show because our guest, um, Tracy Miles, that is what she writes about, is how do we get past that? How do we live a life of joy and peace and happiness despite those circumstances? And um, now that everybody's leaning forward, obviously, I I made it. I made Mm -hmm. it. Yes, you did. (laughs) Well, what was so interesting is that night you got to your hotel and you text me and and, um, I was like, I'm reading. I'm just like, I don't know what, I can't remember what I was doing, but I'm like, what? No way. And I mean, you're, because t- we've talked about this stuff and you know, it, like you said, it doesn't happen. You're always, I think every time, I think most, you know, if you're honest, you get on a plane and it's not, you don't think about it, but you're aware of like, what if someday? And I know I was on a flight that had severe turbulence. Like we were talking about that changed my, my, you know, opinion on, on dealing with turbulence. Um, yeah. And we had like severe for an hour where the plane was like being just knocked around. And I mean, everybody was using those little bags literally, and they had just served us breakfast and then this happened. And so you can imagine, and we had a flight attendant, um, with us, um, that she was just a a passenger and she had been flying for 20 years. And she said, that is the worst she has ever experienced in her, you know, 20 year career. And so you go, okay, that was, because, you know, when you get done with something like that, you're like, was that as bad as I think it was? Or, right. or did I just, you know, my interpretation of it, what it was, it was bad. And you realize, no, it was really bad. And, you know, I mean, actually people thought this, we could go down, which is what you're probably the emotions going, because you don't know the rest of the story when you're sitting in the seat, you're, you're strapped in and you're, you're long for the ride. Basically, you don't know the outcome. And now we, you know, we both obviously made it, um, but it's like, you, you don't know in those moments. And so it's like you, you kick into, okay, how do I respond to this? Am I the person that's going to hyperventilate? I'm going to break down or I'm going to be the one that's like, okay, I got to, um, I got to kind of get in control myself, you know? And I think it's interesting how everybody responds in their own unique way. Yes. And at one point, I mean, apparently the rudder was probably working overtime because we were flying sideways, you know, where you're leaning mm-hmm. into the the propeller that was working. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, even caused more chaos in the cabin when people feel like, oh, we're we're flying sideways now. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, the, the thoughts that, that go through your mind and what you do with those thoughts, because you... When they say your life passes before you, how you think, okay, this is how people feel. They think it's not going to happen to me. This is not mm-hmm. how I'm going to leave this earth and all, all the craziness that, that goes on. And yet our, our life is, it's a hundred percent chance that we are going to die. 
<laughs> and yet we just have this. Well, that was an uplifting thought. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> we just think it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen to us. And it does make you, it, it creates an urgency of, okay, God, what do you want? Not that, I mean, you and I have talked about this, not that he's our, you know, our boss, that's always, you know, I need this from you and this from you. It, it's just even that to go, okay, I'm just going to let God love me. And through this love, I'm going to have this joy filled life, but it's about holiness and not the happiness. And, mm-hmm. and all those things just kind of go through your mind. I think when you're, when you're dealing with that. And then, like you said, afterwards, what I, what freaked me out when I was texting you is that I was fine for the most part. I, I did definitely had those emotions. And, but we, when we landed and the fire trucks are all there and the station managers walking around, touching everyone, are you okay? Are you okay? That sounded weird when I said touching everyone, but I mean, well, just like you do in the movies when you see in the movies. Yeah. You're on the ground and yeah. <laughs> well, I gotta, I gotta interrupt because I gotta tell you when you were telling me the story, um, you know, I'm like, okay, that was bad. Da, da, da. And, and you were, you know, you were, texting me and you seemed so calm um and for the most part you're like you're back in your hotel and then but then you were telling me you know afterwards you're like and then I just I that night I I just had to go take a bath I just had to go sit in the bathtub and so (laughs) I know you when you travel even when you don't travel like shower days are not every day and you can go you know travel and not see you know the towel and so when you said you took a bath I'm like wow that was bad <laughs> if you got if you took a bath that was bad so that is so funny how we but it goes back to our coping mechanisms right and you know what do you do and like obviously who knew you take a bath when that happens so it that it that but that was my reality going that was bad because I don't know you to you know shower Caddy must be spent emotionally if she actually took the time to, well, you, it was weird because you don't think about that your body goes into shock and that you really, all of a sudden I I realized my heart was racing, my entire body responded and just the physiological parts that, that happen in an emotional situation that stress is you know, anxiety, all of that is so a part of our world right now. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today too. Like, what are we, what are we doing to have this, you know, less stress living that, that we need? Because I feel like everywhere you go, people are talking about these anxieties and so much stress and, um, all of that is affecting our, our physical of how we're living our day and what's going on in our body and, well, and like you said, life interrupts and like you could be just sitting and just going through a, a routine um, and going through your day and all of a sudden life happens and in a, in a way that you were not expecting it. And how do you respond? How do you respond in those situations when the unexpected happens? And we all are going to have those moments. So they're different. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with Girlfriend at Radio. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Improper posture can lead to low back pain, but exercise can alleviate some of the pain. 
Walking doesn't cause lumbar pain, but because you are doing repetitive motion, it can make it worse if your posture is incorrect. When you do not stand properly, the ligaments and tendons around your spine can become overworked and cause pain. Inflammation and arthritis surrounding those nerves can also cause pain in your lumbar area. Tight hamstrings and hip flexors can cause your posture to be distorted, and that can put pressure on your lower back. So be sure to keep those areas flexible with effective stretching. To alleviate low back pain, keep the muscles of your core strong. When you are walking, running, or doing any form of exercise, pull your belly button to your spine and keep your core muscles tight and engaged. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to our show. We have Tracy Miles as our guest today. And as we said earlier, we're so excited about just her passion about inspiring women to deepen their relationship with Christ and especially just living a life of joy, peace, and happiness despite their circumstances. She is a speaker and writer with Proverbs 31 Ministries and enjoys sharing at women's events around the country. Her contributions to the Proverbs 31 encouragement for today daily devotions reach more than one million women and Tracy is the author of two best-selling books, Stressed, Less Living, Finding God's Peace in Your Chaotic World, and Your Life Still Counts, How God Uses Your Past to Create a Beautiful Future. And she also contributes, um, she's a contributing writer to Zondervan's NIV Women's Devotional Bible and the Proverbs 31 Encouragement for Today Daily Devotional Book. Uh, Tracy's latest release is Unsinkable Faith, God-Filled Strategies to Transform the Way You Think, Feel, and Live. So welcome, Tracy. We, you, have, you have obviously been busy in your life making things happen, so we're so excited to hear how you did all that. Welcome to the show today. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to be here with you. So, Tracy, we have been talking this morning about um, being stuck, and uh, obviously you are passionate about helping women get unstuck through some of the, the writing and the books and your devotions, and just tell us a little bit about were you in a place, were you stuck in life that you just became passionate about go, moving forward and writing? How did all of this come into play? Well, I've only been doing the writing really in the last 15 years, and it's, so it's not something that, you know, I had in my heart as a little girl, hey, I want to do this. <laughs> but, um, you know, when I was in my, really in my 30s, and I just, my children are really small, and, you know, having marriage and full-time work and all those things, and God just really began to place a call on my heart to share my story, my testimony, to you know, really deepen my relationship with him and, you know, raise my children up in the Lord. And just over a period of time, he opened a lot of different doors and then he closed other doors. And I just began to kind of write out of the experiences of my life and, you know, not from a, so much a teaching perspective, but just, you know, here's what I've learned and here's what God has shown me and here's how, you know, we are just alike. And so I just really enjoy doing that. And over the years, my passion has just grown and just taken on kind of taken on new life. <laughs> mm. Well, share with us your, your story. Um, you talk about, you know, just relating with women, how when you feel like you're drowning in your problems and just the, the negative thoughts. So share with us your story and how you got out of that, you know, how you started to swim a little. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting that, you know, all three of my books now, kind of have a little bit of the same heartbeat of no matter what you're going through and no matter what you've been through, you know, we can still enjoy God's peace and hope and happiness and joy. And so that wasn't even done intentionally, but in in hindsight, I can see how, you know, each thing has kind of led up to another. But, you know, there was a lot of experiences in my life from years ago, even into the past couple years, where I have felt like 
I was literally sinking emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Maybe I was stressed. Maybe I was upset, um, you know, just devastated by a life situation or hurt that I had experienced. And God has just really been the one to hold me up all these years through all the different times. And in Unthinkable Faith, in the writing of that book, I was going through a really difficult time with my marriage. And that's kind of what birthed the transformation of my own mind and my ability to rise above those circumstances and to recognize that I don't have to think just because even if your life seems to be falling apart. And so it's it's definitely always a learning experience for me. And God really grows me first. And then just kind of gives me some insight about how to share, you know, what he's done in my life with other people in a way that they'll understand that he wants to do that in their lives too. Mm. You know, it's interesting. You're fine because we were talking about, you know, situations and circumstances happen sometime and sometimes we're prepared for them and we can see them coming and And a lot of times they, they happen in our lives when we're, we're not really expecting them or, or prepared and, and nothing that we, you know, really cause. But when we find ourselves, no matter the circumstances, but we're in that place of um, negativity. And I think you talked about like that, that can be a stronghold. And when I think of a stronghold, it's like, it just weighs you down. And a lot of times when Mm -hmm. you're in the midst of that, you don't even know how to climb out or what do I do with that? And so what, a kind of advice to our um, to our listeners would you give them of like I'm in this place and I I don't want to be negative, but I don't know really how to crawl out of this. So what mm-hmm. what's kind of like a first step? How would you address that? And how do you in in your books with with women? Well, the first thing that I want women to understand and. Like I said, I've been in I've been in that pit, <laughs> and you know mm-hmm. we fall into it from time to time still. So nobody ever is immune mm-hmm. to thinking negative forever. But you know I want them to understand that you can get out. You don't have to stay stuck there, and that you can change. And since the release of Unthinkable Faith, which has really just been in the last couple of weeks, I've heard from so many women just in different places of the country who have said, but you know, I've always been a negative person. Well, I'm just kind of a negative thinker. Well, I think I'm just more wired to be pessimistic. And that, you know, whether that's true or not, or maybe it's we're being negative because we're in a very, very difficult situation or going through something that's very, you know, creating a lot of turmoil in our life. Or maybe it's simply that the kids were just really bratty this morning (laughs) and now Mm -hmm. I'm in a bad mood and I've got all these things to do and our minds just go to negative places. So we all get caught up in that regardless of what the root causes are. Mm -hmm. But what I've come to realize is that thinking even just the smallest negative thoughts is kind of like a slow dripping poison and it just mm. seeps into our hearts and our minds so slowly, maybe every day, maybe week after week, month after month, year after year. And it does shape and change our minds and our brains and our it becomes our typical pattern of thinking. So when we fall into that habit of negativity, number one, we need to realize that that's happened because the only thing worse than being a pessimist is not recognizing that we might be one. So mm. we do need to really kind of look at ourselves and think, well, what is my natural tendency? Do I usually see the glass half empty or half full? You know, it's it's important to recognize what are our normal tendencies? What are our patterns of thinking? Um, Because, you know, those become who we are and they dictate how we live our life. And there's really a lot of consequences with living with that stronghold of negativity in our mindset. Mm-hmm. And we we lose the ability to look for the good side of things. We might always feel grumpy. We always think, oh, something bad's going to happen. You know, it just steals our joy and our peace mm-hmm. and our happiness. And and I know in my own life that we can become blinded to anything that's positive because we're so focused on those negative thoughts. And negative thought patterns will lead to negative life patterns. And that's not, I don't think, a place where any of us really want to get caught up in. Mm-hmm. Well, Tracy, when you're talking about, so your your husband, I'm assuming, when you were in your pit, he, he just came to you and said, I don't love you anymore. Because I have a few friends that are going through this right now. And, mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, just the the shock of what you have to go through, what what did you do from at that point? Because now you have your kids to share this information with. Um, mm-hmm. what, what were your next steps? Well, I would say it, it did catch me by surprise. It was very abrupt. 
um, and he did move out the same day that uh, um, certain conversations took place. And it was a shock, and it was devastating. And we'd been married almost 26 years, and, you know, it hadn't always been blissful, but there's certainly been good times, and we did have three amazing kids together and a life that we built. And I think just the the first onset of your whole life has just changed. Everything you knew to be normal has suddenly changed and is going to be changed going forward. So, of course, we have the normal or, of course, I can speak for myself, but I do know people just like you that have been through this. Uh, you know, we have to deal with the emotions. Just they're so overpowering. And this is where I found myself for the first probably six or eight months just so overwhelmed with emotions and not really knowing how to deal with all of those or how to break free from feeling, you know, rejected or betrayed or hurt or left alone. Now you have all these fears of, you know, and you've got finances and your children and your worries about them. And it's just too much to even put into words. So, you know, when you're dealing with all of that, it's just too much. It's really too much to handle. And there did come a point in time, and this is a story that I share in the beginning of the book, that I just had a a major revelation experience with God. And, And Jesus asked me, you know, despite all of this, will you still love me? And my immediate answer was yes. And I I also share in the book that I kind of surprised myself because I was not very happy with God in that moment. You know, why had he not answered my prayers? Why did he not protect, you know, our our relationship and our marriage and our family? And, you know, I had been praying for so long. And I'm just like, why didn't you answer these prayers, God? And why is this happening? And it just doesn't seem fair, you know, when life takes a turn that we— you know, couldn't control, didn't have control over, can't change, and it's just not fair. And that was a turning point for me because in that moment, I realized I can continue to wallow. I can continue to cry and be sad and think life is over and, you know, I'm, I'm not the same person and all these negative thoughts, or I can choose not to do that anymore. And from Mm -hmm. that point forward, it's been a gradual process and it's been about 18 months now since, um, since we were, together last but you know since that point I can I can really see my own mind transformation I can see my journal entries and how I've grown you know in my faith and what all the things God has done and just my thinking patterns and and I'm just so glad that I that God helped me see that and he really opened my eyes because I could continue to let my emotions and my negative thoughts control my life or I could decide to be in control myself Mm. Those are, I mean, powerful thoughts and some deep things. And one of the things that stood out is when you're, when you're talking is I'm, I can choose, I can choose to change that. And I Mm -hmm. think that we forget that sometimes that in the midst of all of that, I still have a choice of how I respond. And even though I may not feel like that, but how do I start slowly altering that to come to start, you know, kind of changing the course of, that mm-hmm. that negativity and that overwhelmingness and even that place I think a lot of times when you're that you're you're just feeling paralyzed like I don't even know what to do and just I can choose to take one small step I can choose you know and and kind of going to ourselves what can I choose and I think that's a great place to start in realizing I do um I do have options and I think a lot of times when we feel like nothing, we don't have any options and it's all been gone, that's what's really hard. Well, we're going to stop right here, take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Tracy on Girlfriend at Radio. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. 
Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. You can have the best trainer in the world design an exercise program for you. But if you don't do it, it's not worth anything. You can join the most expensive fitness club in town. But if you don't go and exercise, it is worthless. To be a success in any exercise program, you must be consistent. It's the steady, constant exerciser who makes fitness and activity a lifestyle that excels and succeeds. Sometimes our busy schedules seem to prohibit us from exercising every day. So many people only work out one to two days a week and push themselves so hard that their intensity is too high. Even though this type of workout makes them feel good mentally, it is not the best way to exercise. It is better to moderately exercise in some form every day. Consistency is the key to exercise success. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are back, and we are having an awesome conversation talking to author of Unsinkable Faith, God-Filled Strategies to Transform the Way You Think, Feel, and Live. And uh, Tracy, you were talking about uh, dealing with this hurt that is, is truly overwhelming, these emotions of feeling alone and less than and abandoned, and uh, you just painted a picture where I, I know uh, – a lot of our listeners are in that spot, in that place right now. And it's really easy for us to to maybe even talk the, the Christian ease part, part of, you know, how you just mm-hmm. have to turn it around. And, and you had this major revelation with God and where he just said, you know, let me love you. And I, I, I just I so connected when you were talking about why did God not answer my prayers? And I think that's when you really kind of come through this crisis of faith where you're going, okay, God, I'm praying, but I feel like all I'm hearing from you are the no's, not the yeses. And you mentioned that it's been 18 months since this took place when your when your husband left. And I'm in awe at just the healing. Obviously, you made that, took that choice and that option of not letting the negativity control and being able to focus on you know, when you think of Philippians 4, 8, and 9, obviously that's become a great part of your life on what you're focusing on and you're focusing on the truths. But going back to when you just felt like, okay, God's not answering your prayers, um, were, did you have people in your life to breathe into you? Because it's, it's hard sometimes, I think, when listeners are there just going, I, I'm not feeling this. I just... I don't even feel like praying. That's what I hear, you know, women saying, I I don't even feel like talking to someone. I don't feel like reading through scripture. They're just so in that pit. So what did Mm -hmm. you do? Did you talk to someone? How how have you been dealing with this in the last 18 months? Well, I do think it's important to have a good support system. And especially I'm, I'm so fortunate and blessed to be a part of Proverbs 31 ministries and because I've been working with the ministry so long and so many of us that are in the ministry have been there for so long, like all of my sisters on the speaker team um, and the writer teams. And we just have these amazing close friendships and bonds with each other. And so I was certainly just really held up by their prayers and their texts and their messages and their friendship, and you know, just reaching out to me and then have a wonderful family. My kids are amazing. And you know, I have a great church family, and it's just, it's important to have those people around because there are going to be days when we just don't want to get out of bed. I just can't do it anymore. I just, I don't feel like being happy. I don't feel like having to deal with my life, <laughs> you know, yeah. but those are when those people that God has, and what I also realize now is that God just divinely placed those people in my life, and knowing that I would, you know, need them, whether at this period or some other period, and then, 
you know, there's been things they've been through that I've been able to support them in. And so I just believe that the people God has brought into our lives have have not been placed there by accident and that those are the people we need to be willing to be open with and share with and cry on their shoulder and, you know, just be real with because we need that kind of support system. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I have just a crazy question um, and, and just being really transparent because usually we just get the Christian answer. If, if my husband came to me, this just shows you how godly I am. If he came to me in a day and did what your husband did, I would have a hard time not throwing him under the bus. So how have you been able to do that? And you have adult children now um, to just not throw the negative things about him. How have you been able to cope in that way? Well, I do not want to paint the picture at all that I am perfect and without fault or sin. um, (laughs) But I just, I don't know. I guess God has prepared me for this for many years, and I do believe that. And for years that I, you know, I've, I've prayed to God, you know, why, why are we going through this? Are you preparing me for something coming up? And I'm just a true believer that dishonoring someone else is not going to honor God. And if God has called me to share my story, which He has, and I actually wasn't really ready for that or prepared for that. But at the time that I had to sit down and write this book, this is what was going on in my life. And so I had had this book idea for a couple of years and it had been on the table and I had a contract. But when I actually had to sit down and start writing it, my life was completely different. And so it took an entirely different turn. Mm. But, um, you know, I think that my husband's story is his story and God calls us to share our own stories. And you know, that's the only thing that he wants me to share. So I try to share in the book, you know, this is what I went through. This was my faith walk. These are my emotions and my feelings. But anything outside of that is not going to be beneficial to anyone, really. So and my intention mm-hmm. is not to hurt or get revenge or, you know, anything of that nature. And I hesitate talking about it at all. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. that's the door that God has opened right now. So I just need to focus on, you know, myself, my heart, my mind my future and the people that are in my life. And I can't let myself, and I'm not saying that I didn't do that for many months in the beginning, you know, think very negatively and, you know, out of hurt and pain, but God has done a healing in my heart that I'm kind of amazed at myself, (laughs) but I certainly Mm -hmm. still have days that, you know, are not, are not great, but, but I don't know how people that don't have faith and, you know, get strength and peace from him. I don't know how they, how they could get through something difficult. Absolutely. So important because when you do have adult children or, you know, at at any age uh, to remember that that is their father or their mother. And that's so important. I think it's really easy to become narcissistic and just see it from our perspective. And uh, that's amazing, Tracy, to be able to have that perspective and even saying that, I think inspires others to really think twice about what, what comes out of your mouth because Mm -hmm. you're hurting other people besides just your spouse. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and I like when you say, you know, this is my story and I have to kind of separate it and how do I deal with my story and and what I'm going through and what the journey God has me on without, you know, getting into that whole other realm and negativity, but keeping it separate a little bit even though there's, it's messy because you're, you know, that is your story. But did you find that um, in writing this book, like you said, when you first started this book, this wasn't really necessarily going to be a part of it. Was it, was it healing for you to, to write? Um, even though it was difficult going, wow, I, I wasn't expecting to, um, to, you know, have this part of it, but was, was there healing in that for you? Most definitely. In fact, I've, I've told many people that the actual writing of this book, because I remember I actually wrote an entire book before, I mean, which was supposed to be this book, but it just wasn't what it needed to be. So I had to start after several months just from word one, square one, fresh start, clean page. And I just remember, and I can see this written in my journal as well, thinking, this is not going to happen. <laughs> this is impossible. Mm-hmm. I don't know why God would have me write a book about positive thinking and transforming your mind when I'm in such a negative, you know, 
difficult adversity and it's just not going to happen. But then little by little, you know, I would just write a few thousand words and then a few thousand more and then I'll get a chapter done and I was working with an editor and it was just a total supernatural thing in my opinion. Mm. But I do know that God used this book to mend the pieces of my own heart and mind back together because every day I focused on being positive. I mean, I had no choice. I'm sitting here writing about trying to be positive in the midst of less than positive circumstances. <laughs> so every day I'm thinking about that. And I ordered a bunch of books from Amazon that, you know, had scientific studies, a lot of which I share in the book, which are just amazing, about the transformation of our brains and about how scripture supports what science, you know, confirms and that it can be done. And just so many just uplifting, inspiring things about the power of our thoughts. And had I not been writing this book, I probably would not be in the same place today emotionally and spiritually, you know, that I am now. So it was definitely God's plan, which just blows me away. Um, But I do think it's important for anyone that's listening. Not everyone has gone through marital problems or separation or divorce, but it doesn't matter what our situation is. The principles remain the same, whether it's... Mm -hmm you know, situations with your children or you've lost someone you loved or you are a widow or a widower, you know, there's something going on at work or you have financial problems or you're losing your home or you've got a really difficult health diagnosis or, you know, there's so many stories that I share in the book from other women that have gone through terrible situations that were far worse than mine or at least, you know, in comparison or just different situations. But they were able to discover the power of their thinking and that when they began to control their thoughts and their thoughts wouldn't control them. So it's Mm -hmm. just, you know, God's word about transforming our mind is something that I think we hear so often, that especially that one verse. But we don't often think about, hey, can that really happen for me? Or is that just is that just a pretty scripture verse? It sounds good. Right, right. It's a good theory, but does it actually work? Well, I, I mm-hmm. think there's something so significant about that. And, and in our last, in our next segment, let's, let's talk about that. I, cause it is so, um, interesting how God really did create our minds and our brains and our bodies and the interconnection there. And, and like th- just the, the scripture that goes into that, like you said, he really, he really did know what he was doing, you know? <laughs> and, and there's a plan for that. I, I just want to ask, we just have like less than two minutes before we, take our, our break. But um, I just want to just a thought, you know, we talk about, you know, how our thoughts a lot of times dictate our feelings, and which dictates our actions. And just, you know, quickly, how, how do we cross over and really begin living by faith rather than our feelings? Because it's really easy to follow our feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, the, any kind of transformation, especially, you know, in our hearts and minds and spiritually, is going to have to begin with prayer. And just surrendering ourselves to God and admitting our need for change. And then the second thing is just to intentionally ask him to help us learn to be more positive, to help us begin to start capturing those thoughts and being aware of what we're thinking. And, you know, when our heart is desiring something, God says, if you ask, you know, you will receive. And he wants Mm -hmm. us to be transformed. He wants us to be happy and joyful and experience his peace and the gifts that he gives and be able to have hope for the future, even if the future seems a little bit scary and unknown. Uh, So it just really has to begin with that relationship with him. And we don't have to let our feelings, which can be so overpowering, dictate Mm -hmm. how we, you know, how we think and how we act. And I think that's such a great way and a, a great reminder and words of wisdom because it is so easy to allow our feelings to totally dictate. Um, and, and we, and like, like we said, then our actions follow, but to be able to separate that and go, okay, God, I don't want this. I really do want to live by faith with you and allowing you to control, you know, my thoughts and helping me mm-hmm. with my thoughts that not just the feelings, um, I, that, cause it's really hard when you're in the middle of something, you know, like with a situation you've gone through, or like you said, we all have situations, though they're different, but that tap into those emo- same kind of emotions. And it's what we do with those, you know, it's right. not, right. I mean, I think those feelings, they're valid and they're good. We have to validate our feelings and go, yeah. And, you know, we have a right to them, but then what do we do with those? And I think yeah. that's the, the distinguishing factor there. And so I love that you have written your book and shared these, you know, encourage words of encouragement with women to really step out 
and, and in their faith and allow their faith to be so real and so personal. And I know that a situation like that, you, you start seeing God in a whole different way and you need him in a way that you've never needed him before. Well, we're going to take right. a quick break again. And we're going to come back with Tracy and continue our conversation um, on Girlfriend at Radio. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Improper posture can lead to low back pain but exercise can alleviate some of the pain. Walking doesn't cause lumbar pain, but because you are doing repetitive motion, it can make it worse if your posture is incorrect. When you do not stand properly, the ligaments and tendons around your spine can become overworked and cause pain. Inflammation and arthritis surrounding those nerves can also cause pain in your lumbar area. Tight hamstrings and hip flexors can cause your posture to be distorted, and that can put pressure on your lower back. So be sure to keep those areas flexible with effective stretching. To alleviate low back pain, keep the muscles of your core strong. When you are walking, running, or doing any form of exercise, pull your belly button to your spine and keep your core muscles tight and engaged. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, Tracy Miles loves inspiring women to deepen their relationship with Christ, living a life of joy and peace despite their circumstances. She is a speaker and writer with Proverbs 31 Ministries and enjoys sharing at women's events around the country. And Tracy's latest release is Unsinkable Faith, God-Filled Strategies to Transform the Way You Think, Feel, and Live. And we've been having just great conversations with Tracy as she's pouring out her heart and letting us know uh, the time that she was in the pit and uh, also just how she was able to get out of those circumstances, mainly just by um, your thoughts and releasing the negativity over to God and truly just praying um, for God, inviting him into your mind and being able to uh, have that restoration and just the way that you're thinking. And my question, Tracy, uh, I know They've done all kinds of research. I think it came from Harvard or Stanford about how we all have um, we're wired with a baseline of some of us are just more pessimistic. Some of us have uh, we look at life in a, a more optimistic lens than others. And what encouragement do you have for those who really have that baseline of maybe a two on a scale of one to ten? And that two is they just happen to my husband would say, I just see it more realistically being him. And I, I have a more optimistic, so I see it more idealistically, but what are your thoughts and how can you encourage those that are on that lower end of the the baseline and maybe see life in a, a more negative lens? Well, I am certainly not a scientific expert. (laughs) So, you know, I just kind of go with, I mean, I, I believe that what Scripture says, you know, we can 
it says in Romans 12 too, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So regardless of whether we're a one on that scale that you mentioned or a 10, it says you can be a new person by letting God change the way you think. So it can happen for anyone. And we're all unique. We all have different personalities. We all have different bents towards optimism or pessimism, yes. But I do believe that that evolves, who we are has evolved from how, you know, what's happened in our life and the outside influences that impacted our personalities and our confidence and our faith and, you know, how we see ourselves and the, just the situations that we've dealt with, all of those things can shape our minds. So someone could be an extremely, feel like they're a negative thinker, but they might have so many things that have happened to them or, you know, the way people have treated them or hardships in their life that they have every reason to feel negative. It's not necessarily that they were born that way. Just life has kind of pushed them in a different direction. But it just gives us so much hope to see that, you know, Scripture says, let God transform you by changing the way you think. And it doesn't say if you're a more positive person or if you're this or that. It says everyone. So we can all experience um, that transformation. And like I mentioned earlier, science has caught up to Scripture. And some of the things I've shared in the book from Dr. Daniel Amen and Dr. Caroline Leap, who have done a ton of research, just amazing studies on, you know, on the brain and the transformation physiologically, but also mentally. And it's just incredible that it can happen and it does happen. We just have to choose to start making it happen in our own life. Well, I, I love that science is caught up with scripture. I, I, I laugh at that when, yeah, you see all this research and what, you know, all these uh the, the studies that are out and it's like, Oh, imagine that this is what God tells us in scripture. <laughs> this is right. what we need to do with our brains. How now mm-hmm. they're coming out with, you know, it's like an acid wash literally going over your brain when that part of your brain is continuously recycling the negativity. And, uh, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's exactly what God was saying. And mm-hmm. uh, there, I have a, a friend who was telling me that, you know those little clickers when you go to the store and you can the counters that you just click 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 as you're counting something. She mm-hmm. did not believe that uh, all the negative thoughts that you actually hear in a day. And I forget you probably know the numbers on that. Do Do you know Tracy? Like what? How many <laughs> negative thoughts you have in a day? Yeah, it's it's like fifty thousand or more, fifty to eighty thousand thoughts you can have a day, and usually a large percentage of those are the same negative thoughts that you had yesterday. So it's tens and tens and thousands of thoughts, you know, that cycle through our brains every day and where those paths. Um, it's, I, I kind of refer to it as if you had a, a mailbox, you know, at the edge of your yard and you walk through the grass every single day to get to that mailbox, eventually you're going to wear a path in between, you know, where you left the door and when you went to that mailbox. And that's exactly what happens in our brains when we think positive thoughts. And we keep doing it and we keep doing it and we keep doing it. We wear a new path and we kind of get off the negative path where we've, where we had been treading that whole entire time. That's a great visual because I I know um, I've heard that where once you hit that path, your brain, it's so easy to cycle in that negative, you know, area that it's your brain actually has to build a bridge to go over to the positive thoughts, to go over to the part of the brain. So it's easy just to keep going down the same path rather than who wants to build a bridge, you know, to go Mm -hmm. over there. But she she went with the little clicker because she didn't believe about the 50 to 80,000 negative thoughts per day. She was like, there is no way. So every time she had a negative thought, she started clicking that little clicker in her pocket. And uh, she was blown away. I don't think she counted 50,000, but just the fact that she was (laughs) hitting hundreds of, of those negative thoughts. But I thought... Not that I would um, suggest and challenge our listeners to go grab a counter and start counting, but it did make me, once I heard her story, I started realizing how many times you do let that thought go in your brain. And you're going to have that th- those thoughts. I think circumstantial things will take place where you might have the negativity, but it's what you do with it. And mm-hmm. just to even be aware, I think, is a big step towards changing your thought pattern to go into the positive. So what are right, your that's the number one strategy, you know, how to wire? Yeah. What's the strategy for that? Well, one of the, well, the three, I guess, top strategies that kind of all work together that I talk about in the book and 
the other stories that I were mentioned from other women that I've gotten to know just through, you know, different, some I haven't even met personally. You know, I've just gotten to know them online and through ministry and that, you know, they put these strategies into place and it just radically changed their life. But it's so simple. It's just, just like we were just talking about, to be aware of our thoughts, recognize when we have those negative thoughts, reject that thought, and then replace that thought. Recognize, reject, replace. It sounds so simple, and it really is, but it's just a matter. We are creatures of habit, and, you know, if we habitually think in one way, we're just, you know, generally going to keep going in that same way. But like you said, if we build that bridge and we intentionally decide, okay, I'm going to try to think differently. I'm going to be aware that I had this thought that's kind of bringing me down. I'm going to say, hey, I'm not going to think that way, and I'm going to think this instead and try to find a positive spin or think something that's more true. A lot of times the negative thoughts that we're having may not even be true. You know, we just kind of came up with it, and it's worst-case scenario. It doesn't line up with God's Word, and it's, it's not even accurate, much less positive. So just being aware and then refusing to constantly entertain those thoughts and let them just keep seeping that poison into us and then intentionally choosing to turn that around and try to find something positive. Mm-hmm. And, and those are three. So we'll say those three words again, the recognize, reject, recognize, reject, and replace, replace. And see if I think that's always helpful for me, like three words, and then you can kind of go, okay, that's, that's my steps. That's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to that self-awareness when I'm aware and going, okay, how many times am I entertaining negative thoughts? And allowing them to kind of camp out in my in my brain, in my head. Mm-hmm. And then I follow that instead of going, okay, I'm aware. I'm going, I'm starting to make a path to the mailbox. <laughs> I don't want to mm-hmm. make that path. How do, I, how do I reject that and then replace it? So those are just three great tips. Before we have to get off the show, which we, again, we want to thank you so much for coming and sharing your heart and sharing your story and sharing your life just to encourage so many others and their journeys and, and just, you know, pointing to really how God wants to come into our stories and be so much a part of it with us. Um, mm-hmm. Let our listeners know again how they can find more information about you and about this book and anything else you would like our listeners to know about your ministry. Okay. Well, my website, my blog is tracymiles.com, and it's T-R-A-C-I-E, M-I-L-E-S dot com. And I have, you know, I love all of my followers that follow me on the blog, and I try to post a a lot of things throughout the month and throughout each year. Um, There's also a dedicated book page, which gives you all kind of information about unthinkable faith and testimonials and, you know, just really what, how the book can speak God's truth into their life. Mm -hmm. And um, I work with Proverbs 31 Ministries, I mentioned, and that's Proverbs31.org. And our mission is just to help women know the truth and live the truth because it makes all the difference in the world. It changes everything when we live that way. And there are so many great things for women and men. You'd be surprised how many men we have that are are big Mm -hmm. proponents and followers of Proverbs. But through our daily devotions, our online Bible studies, we have the first five apps so you can learn to spend the first five minutes of your day in God's Word. And just so much, just so much wisdom and knowledge and support just from women that, you know, we're all just doing life together and we need to, to really know God's truth and live that truth every day. Uh, Such great practical steps, you know, and I know it's like at the end of, um, of each chapter in your book, you just really encourage women to, to journal and to write some of their own action steps to make it really personal um, as they Mm -hmm. read your story and the stories of other women. But how does this, how do I apply this to my story? Um, how important do you think journaling is um, and, and all this? How is How significant has it been for you? Well, I will confess that I basically am not a journaling person. <laughs> but okay, good, because I'm not either. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I never have been. Now, I've done Bible studies. I have stacks and stacks of you know, notes I've taken in Bible study books. But typically, I'm not one to journal. But for some reason, when, when all of this kind of happened with my marriage, I just decided I need to write down what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, what I'm going through, because I'm not going to, you know, it's so overwhelming. If nothing else, it was kind of like therapy for me just to get it all out on paper and not have to worry about what I was saying or how I was feeling because I'm the only one reading it. Um, But in the book, like you mentioned, I do in each chapter, I have reflection verses that apply to, you know, what I've talked about in the chapter. And 
a special challenge for them to try to incorporate into their own life and then, you know, reflection questions for them to think about. Because if we, we can read books all day long. And there's so many books out there, it's not even funny. But until we figure out, okay, I'm going to make this a part of my life, that's when it becomes life-changing. I'm going to really try to implement this practically into my life. And so I've tried to give ways for women and, and men to do that, just to practically do it in our lives in easy ways that will actually bring about radical life change. Mm, so good. Thank you, Tracy, just for, again, for being on our show and, and leaving out with some really some practical steps. Like you said, we can read, we can do all through uh, so many emotion, uh, you know, ac- actions, but it's like, until we make it personal, that's when transformation really starts to happen. And what is, mm-hmm. what do I need to do? What is my first step? So just encouraging us as we read and as we just, you know, in our conversation with God, like, what is, what do you want me to do with this? What is my first step? And so many times we don't know what that first step is, but just taking the step and choosing to mm-hmm. do that. So again, thank you for joining our show. Thank you for this conversation. And we just hope all our listeners are encouraged um, just in their own stories and, um, and just finding ways to just transform the negative into the positive, allowing God into our stories. You've been listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show 